He told me that he did not have a memory of his parents where violence was absent from their home. He told me of four or five places his father moved the family in an attempt to win the battle against the demons that domestic violence played out in their home. I met Angel under that same blue and white flickering Faith Children's Home sign as his sister Anne-Marie. Faith Children's Home had kids from all walks of life, but Angel, Anne-Marie, and her two brothers were special, and we all knew it. Their story made headlines, and the Rivera story affected me more now as a domestic violence survivor than it did then. But now I want to shout their victory from the mountaintops, because theirs is a story of hope through unimaginable pain. Theirs is a story to show the world that the cycle of domestic violence can be broken. The fight that day was all about the color of a to-be-purchased Bible. She wanted white because it signified purity and forgiveness and the hope of a new start. He wanted black because it would not show dirt. Angel told me how the night before, police officers pulled his mom out of a ditch after she overindulged in alcohol. He told me of how his parents had again and again been separated and were taking their marriage through one more world trying to make it work. During the many separations, Angel told me that his dad, who is an ex-narcotics agent, had his ways of finding them when they left. He tells of things that happened that drove her and the kids to local shelters a few times. But after the cops brought her back to the family home after that ill-fated night of drinking, she found herself right back in the line of fire. But she was eager to make it work, and so they all got up the next morning and went to church. Angel told me that his mom and dad went forward for prayer that day, and they had the hope that maybe it was a magic prayer of some sorts. He, just a freshman in high school, had just made the varsity basketball team, was in the marching band, and shined in his youth group at his church. But then November of 1989 changed everything for him, his brothers, and his sister Anne-Marie. Angel told me that he and his brothers were outside playing basketball or football and listening to music, and then they heard it. And as he was telling me the story, he struggled to find the word to describe what he heard. And But he keeps telling me, it was like a light bulb breaking, he said. He continued to tell the story of how ultimately those four children ended that day with both of their parents dead. One of them said his last words to Angel before taking his own life. Angel explained how he tried to stop his dad from taking his own life. He told me how they saw their mom gone by the time they got in the house. He told me they still don't know if he killed her or she killed herself. He told me about his father throwing him across the room because he tried to stop him before the gun discharged the bullet that took his father's life. He told me his father's last words. Tell your sister I love her and call your grandmother. And today, this thriving father of four and grandfather of two wants to enter the healing zone, the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. This is his story of hope and healing, all of those crooked roads that have taken him to such hope, such forgiveness, and just this amazing person that I see actually physically sitting in front of me today. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite verses for my king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer, Psalm 45, 1. 
Guys, thank you for listening to the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. We are in season two, and this is the place where we will chronicle stories of hope and healing that came from the crooked roads of trauma and pain. This season follows season one, PTSD, Jesus, and Me, where I have told much of my story and my journey with PTSD. And if you've not caught those episodes, I would encourage you to go back and do that. Also, I hope that you will find some hope and healing from the stories of other people as we go through season two. And so without further ado, let's drop into this episode and my conversation with today's guests. Make sure you listen to the end, though, because you never know when I may drop a Watson surprise on you. Also remember that for every podcast you listen to and every time you hear my voice, the promises of Joel 2.25 are being fulfilled in my life where God is absolutely restoring all of the years that the locusts have stolen. So until then, my tongue will continue to be the pen of a skillful writer. Let's drop into this episode today. Angel. Welcome to the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. How are you? You know, and usually, okay. This has been one of those things that you, it really it, it touches so many people that I wanted to be a part of so I could help with my story. Um, it's not an easy story to go back over, but it, I know that by doing this, we all will heal from it. So Yeah, yeah. And so let's not bury the lead. Let's start with how are you doing today because by the way i'm looking across at you with a tampa bay buccaneer super bowl winning hat on and uh, we both are um kind of lived the majority of our lives in the tampa bay area so go bucks but i don't want to bury the lead because people just heard me read that story and they're probably about ready to hit stop on this podcast and so let's not bury the lead tell me how you're doing today so today i'm better than i was when it happened um I'm better every day than I was the day before, but it's always a challenge. It's always, uh, fighting your demons is never easy, but it's always worth it because there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And so I'm doing better than I was. Am I, am I, am I, am I okay? Uh, as okay as to be expected. I mean, it's been 30 plus years. Um, every day is a, another day where we, uh, learn from what happened and and so the last couple of weeks have been a little more uh, a little more emotional for emotional. me but now uh, as we speak as we speak right now I'm, I'm doing okay you're doing okay and you are you're not going to brag on yourself but I will but you're uh, you have a beautiful family beautiful wife Thank two you. four beautiful two beautiful young children you know you never did things the traditional way so you did no. two sets of kids you have two grandchildren yes and you own your own business and um, and the reason why I'm saying those things is because I need my listeners to have some hope after they heard what I just read. Right. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, life is what you make out of it. You can take lemons and make lemonade, or you can sit and wallow in what happened. And I chose not to do that. I chose to press forward. It's not my fault what happened. And your sister it. did the same. In yes. the la- for those of you listening to this, the episode right before Angels is his sister. I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you before we get to the heart of the interview. Um, this is a podcast about PTSD, and it is a podcast for PTSD patients, for those that love them, for people wondering if they have it, all of the things. Have you ever been officially diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder? Yes. Yes. I actually went to a psychiatrist several years back, uh, found out that um, a lot of the issues that I have are, are from stemming from all the years of abuse from my father and then stemming from this traumatic experience, a a lot of other issues. So yes, I've been, I've been, I've been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I do, 
I haven't been to counseling in a few weeks now, but um, I'm heading back again because yeah. after all this, I probably should go talk to people. You, you 100% should. You have no idea how happy that makes me. And I told Anne Marie on her episode that I will be harassing her until she goes to counseling because I believe it's so important. It I is. believe it's that important. Um, so that would that was my next question because we have three C's on this podcast. One is counseling. One is church. One is community. Um, we're going to get the church in just a second, but briefly tell me, you're 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 a gregarious guy. Uh, you're like a brother to me, kind of my twin in some ways. If we can keep this podcast to thirty minutes, would be a miracle. But briefly tell me how community has helped you, because that's a, another one of our C's. So you told me you've gone to counseling. We're going to talk about church in a minute. Tell me about community. So having a, a, a group of friends or an inner circle has helped me tremendously through this. And through the years, it's been different people at different times serving a purpose for what God had them for me at that time. Um, it's very important to have a stable foundation around you, especially through something like this. Yeah. Uh, especially for me, because I'm so easily, at least I was, I don't know if the rest of my family or other folks, but I was easily swayed. Uh, on my opinions as a young guy because I didn't really know anything because all I knew was these evil ways that my parents had with each other and that's all I ever saw so for me it's it's a little different now because I'm looking back going wow I don't, I don't ever want to be that person mm -hmm. so I fight every day to, to, to try and not do that and we're going to talk about that and probably cry about that because you, you, you you've got a real message for that fight I do you really do so I, I want to talk about that when I did the episode with Anne-Marie on the, uh, the one right before the, this one, so listeners, if you've not heard her story, go back and hear it. She said, I am not actively in church. And so this, you are a great opportunity for me to reframe what I mean by the importance of church. Okay. Now, the pandemic obviously has told us what church is not the building. And so when I talk on the podcast about going to church, I think it's important to, uh, that we not forsake the assembling of ourselves, but, but I, you know, I, I don't go to church actively right now because of the pandemic. And before that, I will admit it, I was even watching it online. You and Anne-Marie both said to me that church has not been an active, and I'm air quoting, role in your adult life. But before this interview, because I'm getting to interview in person, we went to Bible Baptist Church in Lacanto, Florida. That was the church that y'all were at that morning. And as it were, we ran into your youth pastor. Yes. So I want to reframe the church question differently to you. Tell me what that church meant to you guys as a family, 14-year-old Joe, 13-year-old Angel, 11-year-old, I think, Anne-Marie, and then Isaac was 9 or 10. What did that church mean? Because that's what I mean, the importance of the church community coming in to trauma. I don't necessarily mean always going to church. So you're perfect for this question. I don't think that church... The, the gathering of the church going to a physical building for me was always the answer. And the children's home I went to church. After the children's home, I was a youth evangelist. I traveled and sang at churches. I never felt that the church, I had to be in the church to be part of the church. I, belie I believed firmly, and I still to this day believe that I have a relationship with God, with Christ himself. And that relationship supersedes any gathering of other like-minded folks. Now, that being said, this is like church right here because it Amen. says where two or more are gathered. There I am. And so I can have church in my car with my children, listening to gospel music, driving down the road, enjoying the beauty of the world. And probably do that all the and time if I know you. We do it a lot. I yeah. Say, I, 
found myself driving here today listening to gospel music on the way here because that's just well and and we ran into your your youth pastor and he said yeah it was bad and we are grateful that we had resources for them and so i want to move on because we've got some powerful things to continue to talk about that the listeners and so this is the part where we both may struggle but this is a question i ask on every podcast and another question i ask every guest is to send me a song that they like and you sent me both the, both you and Amory sent me old old songs, but you sent me "The Warrior as a Child" uh, by an artist that I didn't know. I had always known that Twyla Paris version, but so I'm going to frame this question that I ask on every podcast, and I've asked you to answer it with the lyrics of this song, and I'm going to give you the mic for you know f- probably five minutes, and I want you to talk to us about why this song is important to you. But let me ask you the question first, and I'd like you to read the lyrics um, of the chorus and then tell me about this song and what it means to you right now because you are also healing and i i know i did this podcast and it's healing me but my guest telling me that this is healing them is just crazy cool to me so here's the question what do you wish the world knew about your trauma and how it is affecting you your whole life what do you say to people who look at you And you look all put together. You own a business. You've owned plenty of businesses. You were an evangelist, all the things. One would never know by looking at you what you've been through. I would love for you to read the lyrics because it is a message. It is your message to your brother Joe, to your sister Anne-Marie, to your children, to your wife, to the world, to my listeners. What don't they know about you? So... The lyrics simply say, they don't know that I go running home. They don't know who picks me up when no one is around. I drop my sword and I cry for just a little while. Because deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child. Um, The song resonates with me because my parents were gone at such a young age. And I feel as if in my entire life with everything that was going on that I was always fighting, fighting for my parents, fighting for my family. And um, it never it never seemed to be enough when I was a kid. Now I know now, 30 years later, it, was, it had nothing to do with me. It, it was two adults having adult conversation and that children just don't understand. I understand now people are different and things went down that, that probably should have never happened. Um, I know they should have never happened, but unfortunately they did. And and so here we are. People look at me and think I'm all put together. I'm smiles. I'm happy. My wife and my kids don't always see that. You know, my wife, she, she bears the brunt of a lot of my uh, PTSD issues. I'm not the nicest guy sometimes. I'm not the best father. I'm not the best dad. I'm not the best brother. Uh, I'm not. I'm just a guy who struggles every day to put this behind me and not let the whole world know that my whole life at one point was in shambles. You know, my kids need to see that daddy, you know, knows what he's doing and he's got his life put together. He doesn't need to, they don't need to see daddy falling apart. So that's why I keep myself at home. I'll cry. Um, I'll probably cry today. I'm going to cry in a minute. I'm sure. Um, Well, let me, let me read those lyrics back. Because I want you to feel what I just felt. They don't, I don't even need to read them. It's one of my favorite songs. They don't know. Because I get this a lot. How, Amy, 
after 35 years of trauma. How? And this is it. They don't know that I go running home when I fall down. They don't know who picks me up when no one is around. So I drop my sword and cry for just a while. Because deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child. And what I want you to know is that you are a warrior. None of those things that you just said are true. You are a fantastic father, an amazing husband, an amazing friend, an amazing brother, an amazing human being. And usually I ask family members to tell me what it is like to live with somebody with PTSD. I know, by the way, just as a means of a little levity here, with your wife, Christine, you outkicked your coverage, my friend. I did. I did. I, I, um, I married up. <laughs> you married up. You married up. She mm-hmm. is fantastic. So I sent a note to Mama Gallon today. And I said, would you and Dad just text me something for Angel? And this is what she said. Part of it's funny. You're going to laugh. For the listeners, Angel, let's just say he had a little issue obeying the rules at the children's home. About Angel is what Mom says. We go back a long way. He had a lot of issues, but we saw in him, with the help of the Lord, he has become what he is today. I have not read this, by the way. Although it was a big job for Jesus, she says. But but, But he tells us if there's anything too hard for him, nothing is too hard for our precious Lord even angel we love that boy (laughs) through hard times and his good times today he has become what the lord knew he would be we are so proud of him now he is a dedicated christian and great husband and then she goes well most of the time Uh (laughs) uh-huh no he really is such a good father and a family man God greatly used his dear wife to help get on track for Jesus in all cat letters. We love you, Angel. And we are so proud of what you have become. How different is that is the way you just explained yourself? That's Mom McGowan. She's 85 years old texting us. Yeah. Mom was, uh, she's quite the mom to me used to send me little pink letters. If you me guys too. don't know what the pink letters are, if you ever were in the children's home, mom used to give us little pink letters. Whether you were in trouble or whether you were not, she would send you little letters Said if, if someone hadn't told you that they loved you, she would just send you a little note. I have 27 of those. I still have every single one of them. I don't know how many I have, but I have, me too. Me too. I, I got quite a few. I was I was always in trouble. <laughs> yeah, mom, that, that text is, is precious. And you, I want you to hear her words and not yours. You are a warrior. And in some ways you are a child because what you saw is unimaginable. We're not going to sensationalize that on this podcast, what you saw. I know what you saw. You told me what you saw, but I'm not going to tell my listeners what you saw. I'm going to ask you a couple hard-hitting questions before I end with a question that I want you to give a message out to the angels, Joes, Amory's and Isaac's of the world because the fact of the matter is is murder suicide double suicide is not going anywhere and if anything it has risen 
And so my last question, I'm going to ask you to give some advice to some of those people out there. But I have some hard-hitting questions. Some of them you know are coming, some of them you don't. Have you forgiven your parents? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, about nine years ago, I... Well, actually, no, it's about eight years ago now. Right before my son, uh, Reed, was born, I made a trip up to Georgia uh, to see my oldest son. And, and I just felt at that point in my life it was time to put it behind me. I can't live in the past. If you keep looking backwards, you're going to keep falling down. If you keep pressing on forward, keep your chin up, you, you'll push through anything, you know, God willing, and God gives you the strength. And that's what I did. And so seven years ago, I put that behind me. So, yeah, I, I believe I, I forgave him. I, I don't believe it had anything to do with me to begin with. So right. I never felt as if I was the fault or the blame. There are two adults who made a conscious decision to do something that changed our lives. Was it selfish? Yes. Was it unfair? Yes. But at the end of the day, it was their choice, and I can't control other people. I can only control the way I react to it. So, yeah, I forget them a long time ago. I don't even think I was ever mad at them for, for leaving us. I always knew that if they if they kept on the path they were going, they were going to end up dead. And it just is a, a self-made prophecy more yeah. than anything. It, it was just the way it happened. And, it, and it's easy to focus, if you will, on the actual ending, the completion of, of, of what they did to themselves, the completion of suicide and trying to be sensitive to, to listeners. It's, you know, it's, it's easy to um, un- understand that as an adult in some ways because we've been through some things it's too. Yeah, like you said, when you're an adult, it's easier to kind of view it through that lens. And even for myself with my mom who wasn't a mom and, and left me in unsafe places and stuff, I just never have found the value in not forgiving. And I find that to be really true with a lot of children's home kids that I talk to. It's like, why? And so I think the children's home did a good job of that. Um, and so my next question was, have you forgiven yourself? Um, which you just answered for me. Um, now, you've already alluded to this, and I know the answer, but this podcast is also about Jesus, who is the star of my story. Um, is he the star of yours? He has to be. How he, can you still believe? How, where was he? He was there the whole time. It says, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. I've, I've held that Bible verse my whole life. Um, no matter where I've been or what I've done in my entire life, no matter how good, how bad, or how close to jail I came to going, God always kept me safe. I, I've been in places where I should have died. I've had things happen to me that I'm not proud that I've done in my life from back in the day because of all of my scars and wounds from this tragedy that I've done things in my life that everyone else has done. We've all failed. We've all made mistakes. But God's always been there, and he's always been there to give me a hand and help me out of there when I needed help. And he was always there to protect me. So God's never left my side. He's never left my side. I love that. I love that so much. And you can answer it better than I did because I I, I really struggle with that sometimes. But I, I say it all the time on the podcast. Even Jesus, God the Father, had to turn his back on him for a minute to take on the sins of the whole world. It was too much. And 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 there's a, a verse in um I think it's first Peter four fifteen. I say it all the time. I can't believe I can't remember the reference, but we do not love a high priest who doesn't understand our sufferings. Right. And so he understands what you saw that day when you walked into that home and saw your mom. He understands what happened when your dad threw you across the room when you tried to stop what was going on. He was there, and that is hard. It is hard for my listeners who don't believe in Jesus and in the star of this story, but it is hard. As we as we kind of segue towards the end of the podcast, when I asked you for that song, 
um, that resonated with you and, and you sent me the warrior as a child ever since I've, I thought about the lyrics of all of the song, not just that, not just what we read, because the end of that is the end of that song talks, the, it, it, the refrain changes a little bit yeah. because instead of I drop my sword and cry for just a while, it's I drop my sword and look up for a smile, for a smile. And so I, it just, we are warriors, you are a warrior, and you need to know that. Um, but I do want to step into the role of big sister for you for a second, because I was also reminded of this verse in, in Exodus fourteen fourteen, and it, and it's God talking um, to Moses, and in and, and, and Exodus fourteen fourteen, I will fight your battles, you be still. You be, I always say that word wrong. I will fight your battles, you be still. And I really hope that not only for you and for me, but, but for everybody under the sound of our voice will be a lot of Children's Home kids. Listen to this. We'll post this on the Faith Children's Home page. A lot of trauma patients. But I really hope the people under the sound of our voices will go from dropping their sword and resting for a while and dropping their store, sword falling into the arms of the star of the story and look up for a smile. And so my prayer to you, Angel, is that your life moving forward will reflect the part, the part of the song that I asked you to read the part, and, and also the part where you never pick up the sword again, the part where you're just the spectator in the battle because he will fight your battles for you. Now I want you to turn over that board you have in your hand, and I want you to read what's written on the back of that board. It says, spoiler alert, Jesus wins in the end. God gets the last word, Dr. William Rice. Spoiler alert, he wins in the end. We could put down our swords and rest because he will fight our battles. I want to close by telling you how much I love you. I am very sorry for the film strip that you have in your mind, but I want to tell you how so proud I am of you for fighting through those demons of those early years, drugs, alcohol, all this stuff. But as your big sister, I would love to see you know that you don't need to pick up that sword anymore. You can rest, Angel. You can rest. You're a good father. You're a good brother. You're a good man. You shouldn't be. There's a song that we play out of the outro of the song called Marked by You. And you are marked by him. You are always marked by him. Never forget that. Do you have anything to add before we close? Any messages? This is this is a time for you to have the mic. You heard Anne Marie talk to y'all on yeah. this very mic. Do you have any messages for those that love you or anybody in this world, kids out there who have lost their parents the same? But I want to first start with talk to the people who love you and and for those of you who know me you know that life with me is never an easy trip it's never been easy for us ever um you know from day to day emotions sway left and right and up and down and and things trigger don't be afraid don't be afraid of those things you have to face them because if you can't face them you can't get past them if you can't get past them you'll lose your family you'll lose your world you'll lose your your life whatever that might be my family knows um, I love them 
I do. I love my brothers, my sisters, my wife, my children more than life itself. Sometimes I don't show it that way, but that's just part of the illness I have yeah. that I'm trying to get past. Um, I have a good support system, and it's really important to find those people to help you. Not only that, I, I, I believe firmly that when I get alone in my, my quiet time with God, um, He takes care of me, and He helps me to heal my wounds. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, it will get better. It will get better. I think my sister said that it gets yeah, better. Yeah, she ended the podcast with saying it will get better, and I and I can't think of a better way to to articulate it. It's not always easy, but you know what? Here's the thing, man. Realist, real talk. If you look at the tunnel, mm-hmm. it's always dark, but there's light at the end. There's right. always. If it wasn't for the light at the end, there wouldn't be a goal, and that's the goal we all should strive for to get to that light, the light that makes you a better person. The light that puts you past the darkness because they're always going to be fighting darkness. That's the world that we live in. But if you can remain focused on getting to the light and not letting those things that push, that push you down, keep you down, you'll make it. And that's a perfect, perfect segue to a verse that I wanted to close with. First Peter 2, 9, you are called, you are a chosen people and royal priesthood and you're coming out of darkness into this marvelous light. Angel, we're not done with you. I have a feeling that we'll be podcasting together. Some other content will be on our YouTube channel. Um, But thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for all of it. Thank you for for being in my life for 30 plus years. We all went our derelict directions, but we found our way back to the Lord. You know why? Let me ask you, because Anne-Marie didn't remember this, but close us out on this. Do you remember what Dad McGowan said three things to do when you left the children's home? Stay on your knees. Mm-hmm. Stay prayed up. Mm-hmm. And the third one, I don't remember the third one. Stay in church. Stay, oh, stay in church. Stay, stay in the in, word. Mm-hmm. Stay in your knees. Stay on your knees, yep. And they love you and they told you that. And you, as this song is going to be playing on the outro, are marked by God. And I have always known you were destined for greatness. And when I say destined for greatness, I mean something for God, which you're already doing. You're doing this on this podcast. I did the same as you went a bunch of weird roads but now we're sitting in a closet that i made a podcast studio talking about the faithfulness of jesus Amen. as usual i just want to thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us time is the one thing that we are not making more of and so it is not lost on me what an honor it is that you take the time to listen to this little podcast that just wants to help people i would also like to thank our guests today i hope that the powerful story that was brought to your earbuds resonated with you and gave you hope if it did i would also be so honored if you would share that podcast with somebody share the link with somebody that may be helped by the message that you heard today also while you're in your podcast app would love it if you would hit that subscribe button so that every episode every two weeks just comes straight to your phone also there is a fun fun group on facebook called wednesdays with watson would love for you to join that and we will see you over there all other social media is amy watson author except for instagram which is author amy watson you can reach me in all the places usually all at one time i would love to thank our executive producer, Amy Hyland. She is doing an amazing job of these episodes. And Phil Baker, that's his song, Marked by You, off of his album, Babylon, that you hear playing us out of the podcast. Until I see you in two weeks, you know what I'm going to say. Let the healing continue. Jesus, so let my life glorify you and teach me.
Sorry.